Podcasting procedures activated. I just said ready, but I really don't have anything to go. <laughs> uh, so hopefully you do. You say something. I'm still going to prep. Okay. I'm not done. So, so it was a fun day. Uh, I'm a software developer, as you know. And one of the things, one of the cool things we do is every other Friday is what we call a free hack Friday. So any you can you stop doing stuff that you're supposed to do for your job, and you get to like learn new things or build whatever you want that you think might marginally add value to the company. Either make our process easier, or like prototype a new product idea or whatever you want to do. And so I've been working a lot with. Uh, Amazon Web Services, and like the last few Free Act Fridays, and today like my app really came together. It was a really frustrating day until everything kind of came together, which is most of most of software development. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, this is awesome, and then it's like depression, and then at the end it works and it's like the most amazing thing ever. So, you're building a house. And you get all the pieces, but then by the time you go to put it together is when it starts. The individual ones don't work in unison together. Right. So, yeah. Like Ikea furniture, you know, sometimes you have all the pieces there, but then you try to put A to H, and A to H just won't go together. It needs to be like A to I. I'm with you. That makes sense. Yeah. But it worked today? Yeah. It, everything came together and... It's super cool, and uh, hopefully it will be a cloud-based solution to replace one of our other products. So that'd be cool. Is there a way that you could utilize that time to benefit me? So, (laughs) like, you're secretly working on it Mm -hmm. to do this, but in reality what you're doing is making it so like the YouTube album that everybody had that free on their iPhone – it's like episode 100 of Remake Me just automatically downloads onto everybody's iPhone. Could you make be working on that at work and getting paid to where it would benefit me? Uh, well, our show and our podcast is hosted on Amazon Web Services. Okay, good. So I feel like the more I learn about mm-hmm. that, and we're the more it could potentially... Almost as popular as you two. Almost. Close. Yeah. We're still waiting for our Joshua Tree episode. <laughs> like, when when's that, that standout moment? Maniac but, uh, Cop 3. Probably. Mm-hmm. That's probably going to be it. Did you see, like, the week Maniac Cop came out, we had this huge spike in traffic, and, like, none of it was from Maniac Cop? <laughs> I don't know if people were, like, downloaded that episode because, for some reason, they're a freak like you and love anything Maniac Cop. And they're like, oh, these guys aren't too bad, and like listen to more episodes or what? But- I've tried to figure stuff out, and I can't put any rhyme or reason to it. I don't yeah. know. Um, probably not a conversation to have on air, but I can't figure out, too, if all the downloads, like if somebody just hits play like 25 times on the website, mm-hmm. are those 25 individual ones? I don't, know, I don't know how the stat tracking software that we use keeps track of. It keeps track of unique... Or just we should almost bulk. test that, like on purpose. Just Maybe. be like, pick an episode, and I'll we'll hit play twenty times and see if it adjusts. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Um, so we haven't had a uh, novel idea with Russ lately, but I want to okay. give a little plug to something or right. someone. Um, so there's an author that I've been totally getting into. You're giggling. <laughs> you named your like spot. You named it. 
Did I? Yeah. I'm a genius. That's a good name. <laughs> yeah, it was you. That was a callback. Yeah. Um, so I read uh, a book by this guy named Keelan Patrick Burke a while ago. That's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. Um, that's how you know they're good is when they have three names. Is that like a black Irishman? Uh, I think he might be Irish, but he's not black. Do you ever see a really white guy with what is traditionally a black person's name? Like Bing Crosby? Uh, Bing Crosby. <laughs> <laughs> Bing Crosby has always been white. There was never a chance that he wasn't white. You're weird for thinking he if was ever black. If you have a name like Bing, there is not a cool enough white person, let alone in what he had to have been worn, what, the 1910s? Yeah, probably. No white person was cool enough to name their kid Bing. See, but it's the weird thing. It's like in the 1910s, white people were named their kids like things like Keenan. And like that just dropped off. You know, he's the longest running SNL person now. Mm-hmm. He's been in the, he passed. Uh, Daryl uh, Hammond. Daryl Hammond. Well, Darryl, he passed Daryl Hammond for longest run. And he passed somebody else. I don't remember from most sketches a couple years ago. Yeah. He seems like a genuinely good dude, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's I so love hard Keenan to t- and Kel. It's so um, hard to tell anymore. <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> uh, do you, you ever watch All That? Yeah. It was the Nickelodeon yeah, yeah, sketch yeah. show. I loved that show. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, I always thought, like, I could be on the show. I want to be on the show. I never was, obviously. Oh, you weren't? No. Oh. I thought that's how this was, we were sailing, was riding high on your glory days of yeah. being on All That. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, me and Nick Cannon and... Yeah. Uh, Kel Mitchell that, hanging out. I don't know who that is. I only he know he married I, Mariah Carey. He was the host of uh, America's Got Talent. I only remember he was on all that. Keenan Kel and then the heavy set girl, Laura. I was going to say Laura Dern. Laura something. That's the only three people that she's, I remember from that show. She's been in things. It's the only three people. Kel always seemed like he was uh, a genuinely good dude too. Like he uh, Amanda Amanda Bynes. I don't know what that is. She's the lady, she went crazy when all the ladies were going crazy. She went crazy even harder. Like her and Lindsay Lohan were having a crazy off. I've, uh, the last three Stephen King books I've read, I've been kind of dudding on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm in the middle of his newest one now. It's called Sleeping Beauties. It's the one that he wrote with his son that, that wants, like, the nepotism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, yeah, dad, put, put my name on it too, dad. Yeah, dad, dad put my name on it. Okay, son. <laughs> and meanwhile, his other kids like, I don't even want to be associated no. with you. Bad Let me name. just do this on my own. Um, but it's pretty awesome. So the concept of this is uh, um, women, when they go to sleep, they have like a cocoon wrap around their face. Hmm. And I mean, that's the short version of it. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. And something you just said was relevant to that. Women going crazy. <laughs> sure. There you go. Um, where was I going? Keelan Patrick Burke. Okay, so okay. he so the first book that I read from him was fantastic. It's probably in my top ten, and I went through this. I, I somehow manage when I'm reading to do the remake me thing, where I make like two or three in a row that all get paired together somehow. Mm-hmm. And I went through a string of like backwoods hillbilly cannibal books, <laughs> um, and are you? I think there's a couple other ones that are even like held in higher regard in in the book community, the horror book community, which is like I keep like micro genreing myself right niche niche yeah niche, it's like, niche. exactly um so have you heard the name jack ketchum before i've heard of ash ketchum so jack ketchum is like <laughs> the the one step below stephen king 
You're giggling, and I don't get that. Right. Ash Ketchum is the lead character in the Pokemon anime. Oh, good one. Yep. I almost got that. I didn't. Um, but he's one step below Stephen King. Like, So the average person knows Stephen King, and then the very first name you learn after that would be Jack Ketchum. And he's got like this uh, uh, super gritty backwoods book called Off Season, and I happened to read that. And uh, right below, some people put it, I think it's right below cows as far as like a dare book. Other people put it above cows and it's called the big head. It's by a guy named Edward Lee. Who's like the hardcore horror God of like disgusting books. Okay. Um, but anyway, so I read kin off season and uh, big head all back to back to back kind of accidentally. And uh, kin was fantastic. The way I would describe kin is imagine like uh the mom from what's eating Gilbert grape. Okay. Is in charge of the Texas chainsaw massacre family. Is there anything like that X files episode with the weird backwoods family? I don't remember that episode. Oh, that's the one where the everyone's inbred Mm -hmm. and like the mom has no arms and legs and they like wheeler around on one of those, like I need to get under this car carts. And so they like wheeler run on that and then fuck her and make babies. Mm, not exactly. No, I'll spoil like the, the best part for me. Spoiler. Spoiler for X-Files. You're, you're never going to read this. Uh, but the best part is like one of their children is deemed to be bad, which really means he's being good. Like, I don't want to eat these people, mommy. Mama in bed is the character's name. Mama in bed. Okay. She dies. So they like baptize him. By sewing him inside of her as, as, she, as she rots. Nice. So basically you have Arnie shoved inside his mom until she rots, and then he has to be reborn through her rotting carcass. Fun. Um, other two that I recently read by him, it's called Blanky, and again, not really spoilery, uh, but it's like a killer blanket. So not like Blankets, the comic book? No, Blanky. Um, and then the other one was called Sour Candy and Sour Candy is like a what if book, like, uh, like a choose your own adventure. No, like, so, so the way that I describe that is like, you take like a simple concept, like, um, when you talk movies, it's like a speed movie. Like what if this happens? And then that's the movie. Mm -hmm. So what Sour Candy is, what if a kid claimed to be yours and he wasn't yours? And everyone thought he was. So like this guy, something happens and this kid shows up at his house. And he's like, you're my dad. He's like, fuck you. You're not my dad. And then everyone else is like, what are you talking about? He's been your kid for 12 years. Weird. That's the what if of sour candy. That's kind of cool. So Keelan Patrick Burke, I'm super stoked. Um, my wife's getting me a Kindle for Christmas. I'm going to try this electronic thing because financially it makes the most sense and I can still support the authors. Mm-hmm. Um, I like having a book in my hands, but financially it makes a lot of sense to do the Kindle thing. But uh, yeah, if you're looking for something awesome, Keelan Patrick Burke, I very much recommend. Cool. I yeah. really like the Kindle. I need to get a new one. I still, I'm still on my uh, third gen keyboard. Yeah, I don't know which one it is, but my oldest son and my wife just got their second ones for uh christmas nice which is genius on amazon's part like amazon does a whole lot of th- like like mcdonald's mcdonald's walmart amazon kind of have it all figured out okay right 
Let's explain your grandmaster theory here. Well, so so the Kindle thing, you pay to purchase this product, right? And you can pay an extra like thirty dollars to have an ad free. Right. We we opted not to do that. I like the ads because ad free, you just get like pictures of authors and stuff, which is cool. Mm-hmm. But with the ads, it's like totally unobtrusive, mm-hmm. and they're geared towards you, and they're geared towards you, and it might be like, oh, that's a deal I might take advantage of. But that's even better for Amazon. Yeah, yeah so I get that. So I understand you're, that. You're buying a product from them. Then they are advertising on that to sell you more shit. Like you're buying a device to allow them to sell you more, more shit. It's genius. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, so what about Walmart and McDonald's? Well, like like retailers use Walmart as the gauge for basically if they're doing a good job for their overhead and things like that. And McDonald's is, is the same way. Okay. I mean, they're the standard on which to set yourself. Of like, if you're in a restaurant business, you look to McDonald's to forge the path to figure out what to do. All right. Financially speaking. Financially, you franchise the hell out of it and be the biggest thing ever. Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, you have to look at intricacies of that. It's not just as simple as let me be the biggest thing ever, but. Started, right, started with the Henry Ford technique in food, dude. <laughs> All right. Have you seen a documentary called Hot Coffee? No. Uh, I, I played Hot Coffee in GTA. but So Hot Coffee is awesome. So Hot Co- Coffee is a documentary about, you know, the lady that sued McDonald's for her hot coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know the whole story. And that's turned into people talking about people victimizing themselves and they're going after money and things like that right like that's the go-to thing is like mm-hmm. oh the stupid woman sued her sued mcdonald's because coffee's hot right and i was probably guilty of that too but you watch this documentary and you learn that is not how this shit went down no not at, at all. all for this woman like this was like a nine literally in like a 90 year old woman mcdonald's had been uh under like multiple times they'd been told your coffee's too hot it's like literally 250 degrees your coffee's too hot, your coffee's too hot, your coffee's too hot. Yeah. Then it burned her between her legs. It burned her thighs to the bone. Mm-hmm. Literally to the bone. Right. So she was like, hey, McDonald's, will you pay for my skin grafts? Mm-hmm. And McDonald's told her to go fuck herself. That's when she I believe sued. they offered her $6,000. Oh, they might have. But that's they, the they same didn't come thing. close to covering okay. her bills. So they told her to go fuck herself. And... In a brilliant job, McDonald's turned that loss into making themselves the victims. Mm-hmm. Like, it was well worth it for them to pay that settlement or the loss, whatever, whichever one it was. It had to have been a loss if we know about it. Otherwise, a settlement we wouldn't hear about. Right. right? They, uh, I don't remember, but they wound up paying her like $186,000. It wasn't even a whole lot of money. No. I mean, especially when you probably have $100,000 in in medical bills yeah but well worth it for them for the publicity they got that they turned themselves into the victims of that yeah it was a good documentary and so what a lot of uh it really got the whole frivolous lawsuit thing exactly yeah that's the one Mm -hmm. yeah and uh not so frivolous man yeah um i i saw that on adam ruins everything which is a, a great show uh, about a dude who just picks a topic and tells you why everything you know about it is wrong. Uh, but I've been following this YouTube channel recently called Company Man. So I watch a lot of YouTube. And YouTube was like, hey, you you want to watch this video about like 
I don't even remember what it was, like Oreos or something. And I was like, Nabisco. Why, why is that would the I... average person's YouTube stations or yours? No, this is, this is, I was like, geared towards me. <laughs> and it, it was like, you want to know about Nabisco? And I was like, why do I, why do I care about Nabisco? And like, finally, I, I was like, all right, fine. I'll click on it. And it was an incredibly interesting video. And I, go, I looked at the channel. The channel's called The Company Man. I just I watched all of his videos and I subscribed to him. He puts out a video a week and it's super interesting just learning about these companies, which is something that's weird, like commercialism and all this. I understand all that. I don't. I don't. I didn't think that I would be so interested in like individual brands and company stories and things like that. But it's it's super interesting. I really love hearing about like the faux pas that companies have done. Like, do you know the Gerber faux pas that they did? Mm-mm. So Gerber, they've got the Gerber baby, right? It's been like their logo, their little, it's on every bottle of baby food that they do for a billion years. Yeah. Well, they went into, don't quote me on the country, for the sake of argument, let's say India. So they were like, all right, here's the thing. We're expanded to India. This is awesome. And then like, what the fuck? Why aren't we selling any baby food in India? Like, obviously we'd have a soft thing, but we're, these sales are terrible. What's going on? Hey, Indian firm of some type look at this and tell us what we're doing wrong and they looked at it and immediately were like uh here's the deal in our culture the only thing on the label is what is in the food so people are seeing that and they're smart enough to know it's not the case there's not actual babies chopped up in there Mm -hmm. but it's the same thing as you buying a can of chili and having a giant dog turd on the front like it's not exactly appetizing yeah uh a couple of my favorites is a uh, company in London. Uh, it was actually it was Ho- it was Hoover. Hoover in England advertised a uh, two. They they had they had uh, vacuums that they wanted to clearance out, so they you would get two round trip tickets uh, anywhere in the world if you bought a vacuum, and people just showed up. And the tickets obviously cost more than the vacuum, but they were just trying to do a little bit of a loss leader and wound up having to, I think it cost them over $10 million. Uh, another one, a stereo company said that they advertised their stereo for like 200, they said 280 bananas, like meaning dollars. But they literally put the word bananas there, and people were coming in with 280 bananas trying to buy a stereo, and they're like, what? And <laughs> they were forced to sell those stereos for 280 bananas. Uh, and one of the simple like uh, Gerber baby things was Chevy tried to sell the Nova in Mexico. Chevy Nova. It was, a, you know, it's a decent selling car in america the, let's go to mexico and they weren't selling and did the same thing why are they selling well nova no ba nova means no go so <laughs> they obviously weren't selling in mexico um you don't the, want a car that doesn't go snapple so i i remember this story and and i'm a little bit nervous that i'm repeating something that's an internet untruth because it doesn't add up right now but the story is, so right now you go and buy a Snapple and it doesn't have to be refrigerated, right? That's mm-hmm. Snapple. However, at some point, at least according to this version of the story that I'm going to tell, uh, forget about that. 
So somebody, let's say Pepsi, Coke, something like that, negotiated they were going to buy Snapple for X number of millions of dollars. So, hey, I'm this company. I'm going to buy Snapple for this amount of money. Okay, sweet. We negotiated it. We bought it. All right, let's load this Snapple up on our trucks and get moving. And then, like, the people that actually do the manufacturing of Snapple is like, uh, dude, you don't have a refrigerated truck. This has to be refrigerated. So they ended up, this company bought this, assuming that they could transport it on their trucks. But it needed to be refrigerated, and they owned zero refrigerated trucks. Hmm. So they sold it, like, at a huge loss because they it was cheaper not, than investing yeah, in all of these new logistics things. Yeah. That's pretty, funny. Pretty fantastic. Um, which reminds me, Silent Night, Deadly Night 3. What's not super fantastic? <laughs> so, can I do the synopsis here? You do whatever you want, pal. I'm going to do the synopsis, and I'm going to do my initial thoughts by recanting a story. Recanting? No, not recanting. Recounting? Recalling. <laughs> Recounting. Recounting. So, um, when I was thinking about this, I was like, all right, we had a lot of fun with Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. I, rem- I don't remember much from Silent Night, Deadly Night 3. I remember a crazy instance of what was going on with Bill Mosley. And then I don't really remember much because I think it was kind of boring. But if if this main thing of the look of Bill Mosley is any indication, I had to have missed a lot of bonkers things that had to have been happening throughout this movie. Like there has to... I'm just forgetting all the crazy things that happened. Because mm-hmm. there, be t- there had to be a ton of just crazy-ass things. Because yeah. you can't go from Silent Night, Deadly Night 1 to the bonkers crazy... Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, to like the initial image of seeing Ricky, who's not the same person, and we'll talk about his look here in a minute. Sure. I've got to just be forgetting a thousand yeah. things we can talk about, Do you want right? to talk about his look right now? Um, no, not yet. Okay. Because we're just going through my initial thoughts. Okay. And the summary. But here's the thing. Not a fucking thing. I was wrong. I remembered the movie exactly for what it is, which is, whoa, what the fuck happened to Ricky? <laughs> And that's the entire movie. Nothing fucking happens in this entire movie. I apologize to you for making you sit through this shit. Not since Trucks have we had a more boring movie. Like, there might be worse movies, maybe. Yeah. Yin Yang Insane was art, was definitely a not as good of a movie, but I enjoyed watching Yin Yang Insane way more than I did Silent Night. At, at least in Yin Yang Insane, you're like, okay, they got to do something, right? <laughs> Like it keeps your brain active. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's got. There's got to be something that happens in this movie. Not a fucking one thing, thing has to happen in this movie. <laughs> Nothing happened in Silent Night Deadly Night Three. That's your synopsis. Do, <laughs> Ricky wakes up and you're like, "What the fuck happened to Ricky?" And then nothing happens for an hour and thirty minutes. Yeah. Is that my synopsis? Is that about right? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh. I told Marianne what I, what we were watching for the podcast, and I was like, "You so do you want to watch it?" And she's like, "Fuck no, <laughs> I'm just gonna go in the bedroom and watch my bullshit." So I put in the disc, and she accidentally starts watching it, and she's yelling at the TV, <laughs> just like, "What the fuck is happening? Why is that? What is going on?" Okay, hold on, hold on. Why is nothing happening? Okay, yeah, that's the thing. Don't. Don't listen to why is this happening as like, oh, this must be a crazy The Visitor type movie. No, no, nothing happens. No, nothing, nothing happens. That the, 
the first four minutes is a girl who looks like Jennifer Connelly. She does look like Jennifer Connelly, doesn't she? And she, yeah, basically looking dead. And then she walks up and she touches Bill Mosley. And that, and then that's the first four minutes. Mm-hmm. And then there's like action is a strong word. Oh, that's very generous. <laughs> so very generous. He chases most, her with a knife. Chases, or he has a knife. Lumbers behind her. He has a knife, <laughs> and she wanders through white hallways. There's so much white in these opening scenes. Well, yeah, because I'm it like, this, if this isn't a dream sequence, this is the worst design thing ever. Uh, and then Santa shows up for no reason. And then well, Santa tries to stab her. It's because it's Silent Night, Deadly Night. You have to work yeah. that in somehow. And then <laughs> she wakes up and you find out she's in some psychic experiment. Uh, and the movie just pissed me off. Everything about this. I wish I had strong enough feelings to be pissed because I was just fucking bored out of my mind trying to like give it any bit of attention. But meanwhile, I was just like, I really need to do some paint touch ups on this wall. <laughs> really? Okay. So she looks like Jennifer Connelly. She's wearing two cross necklaces and two cross earrings in her right ear. Mm-hmm. And then her left ear has like a person. I never noticed things about people. I was so bored with this movie. I was looking at all of her shit. Uh, let's see. Bill Mosley. I thought he... Okay, what's the character from 2? What's the brother from 2? Billy. Billy. I thought the whole time it was supposed to be Billy. No, it's Because I, I didn't know the names. Yeah, it's And it Ricky. wasn't until uh, they talk about he was like the axe murderer. Yeah, it's Ricky. I realized it was the older brother. It's Ricky. Um, can we talk about Bill Mosley now? Sure. So Bill Mosley, who is Ricky, who was the famous Garbage Day Ricky in the previous movie, now... He's not Garbage Day Ricky. Yeah. That's Ricky. No, they said he was the ex-murderer. He's the one from One, right? No, his name is Ricky. So Billy was the one from One. Billy was the one from One. That's why I just asked you, and I feel like you gave me the exact opposite answer. You said who is the brother, and they're both brothers to one another. So, okay, neither one of us are wrong. Can we agree with that? Can okay. we, or do we need to fight this? Then out? I need to point out one line, which he says that he was the ex murderer, and I don't think, I don't think the guy, the sweater guy from two, ever uses an axe. I think that's probably accurate. Only the guy from one uses an axe. That's true, but his name okay. is he's definitely Ricky. Okay. <laughs> Okay, just want to know. <laughs> yeah, he's Ricky. So Ricky went from the sweater buff dude that yells garbage day to now he's Bill Mosley, who is a skinny, comatose man. He's been in a coma for six years. Wearing a fishbowl on his head <laughs> because his brain is exposed. Yeah. And there's like a small amount of fluid in there to keep it moist. But it only goes up, it's like half an inch of... of Which, when that's all fluid. you remember, wouldn't you assume that there's some crazy shit that happens in this movie? Yeah, there has to there has to be an explanation for that. Zero. 
It doesn't. It doesn't even feel like anyone acknowledges it either. One, there's literally one line. Is the cop says that? Uh, yeah, I remember that. They uh, shot off half of his skull. Like, dude, Ricky hitchhikes at one point. So he he escapes from the mental institution. Uh, let's start. So Laura Jennifer Connelly, who's not Jennifer Connelly, but can we just call her Jennifer Connelly? Sure. Jennifer Connelly uh, is some has psychic abilities, so she is able to work in and and develop see inside Ricky's dreams as he's in a coma. Correct. Well, she, yeah, she sees his thoughts and memories. Yes, inside while he's inside the coma. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kills a nurse who utilizes a scalpel as a letter opener. It was, I think it was a pocket knife. I'm not even there yet. I'm still in the opening room. Okay, I'm sorry. For n- <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, you just want to see what it looked like. Uh, there are oranges on his desk. And because nothing was actually happening... Marianne and I were just trying to figure out what the hell these, why these oranges are here. And I figured somebody looked at it and goes, this looks a little too sterile. Mm-hmm. We need, we, we need, need some something. color. But they're in like a medical bowl and it's just stacked full of oranges. But <laughs> so then the- right before she leaves, she's the doctor says, thanks for the oranges. And she said, <laughs> you're welcome. My grandma has tons of them. <laughs> and I was like, yes, an explanation for the oranges. <laughs> I have zero recollection of that line, just because by this time I was already bored. Uh, so last time it was probably half of the movie was the first movie. Yes. This time maybe only ten percent. And that almost excited me that we were. I thought I was like, "Oh shit, are we gonna rewatch?" I didn't remember that, but at this point I realized I didn't remember anything. Yeah. So I was almost hoping that the whole thing was a re, but it wasn't at all. So. And, and then- you saw, and you saw how. Like between seeing two and three, you've seen most of one, so you see how <laughs> yeah. mean and nasty this movie is, right? Like we didn't watch it, yeah. But it's a mean, nasty movie, man. Yeah, uh, I watched. Like they the... chose the rape scene to replay. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, I I watched a another YouTube video. Of those like top ten movies pulled from theaters or something, and the first Saturday Night Deadly Night was on there. And I was like, that's, uh, it was actually the night I watched this. I was like, that's what I'm watching tonight. I'm watching the third one of that. Marianne's like, I don't care. Yeah, leave me alone, please. Just leave me alone. My grandma gave these oranges to me. I'm arranging them in a stainless steel bowl. But that comes into play later, just so you Whoa. know. That, 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 that's foreshadowing. Mm. Uh, so, okay. When I say this movie pissed me off, there's one reason. And that's because... They have a bunch of sciencey people talk about ESP as if it's a thing, and it pisses me off. Like, so, cl- like climate change. <laughs> so sorry, it's on my mind because our f- guy that I'm not going to name, but we've talked about before, because he pisses us off. The religious guy mm-hmm. was like, t- he posted a picture of Al Gore, and he was like frozen, and it said like that climate change, huh? That's yeah, or, climate no, change. No, it said global warming. It said uh, global warming. Yeah, because it's climate change. Because the globe is getting warmer, it means more extreme temperature. Any fucking... Uh. <clears throat> You're welcome. I thought I'd give that to you. Thanks. Uh, but no, like, this makes me sound stupid and pedantic, and I don't care. Uh, like the, the Are you going to talk for a minute? Because I'm going to get the you psychi- a yeah, the, the psychiatrist or psychologist, whoever she was talking to, uh, 
first off, they use this scene to go to some of her backstory. We never mentioned that Jennifer Connelly's blind in this movie. So she's blind, and uh, apparently it was done in like a plane crash that her parents died in. Oh, I'm you, assuming you that's know when she went blind. Gross, nasty, like stinky ladybug things. Yeah. Or just, I was just sitting on one. It's <laughs> January. Well, your butt is warmer than the outside, so. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So she's blind. And so he uh, is talking to her about her psychic powers and is like, so what happens when you see one? When you, when you see. And she was like, it, it, Tingle goes down my spine and blah, blah, blah. I like I don't like it. Just she she literally says it's a creepy feeling, which is not. That's not how you would feel. Physically, I don't know. Uh, I watched but, an episode of Blind Date once. Okay. And the date was going well, and then the girl, pretty girl, casually mentions that she's blind in one eye, and then, like they cut you. That's like intercut with interviews and stuff. And they cut to an interview with the guy. He's like, as soon as I heard her, she was blind in one eye. I was so grossed out. How could she be so disgusting and not tell me that ahead of time? She's so gross. And then, like, they cut back to the to the date. And, like, he ends it super, super quick after that. And he was just like, oh, she's so disgusting. I can't believe she needs to tell people that ahead of time. What a disgusting freak. And I'm like. That's not even like I have six fingers that you're going to have to stare at. Yeah. If we get married. Yeah. No, it was. It's, I'm blind in one eye. It, you can't. It was really one of those tell. moments where I'm embarrassed to be male. Like, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Uh. Yeah, and then uh, so the thing that pissed me off is the psychiatrist was like, "Well, yeah, a lot of scientists believe that that's a lot of that's the way a lot of animals communicate through ESP." And I was like, "No," he's like, and he was like, "You know." Uh, my dog knows even before I start packing my luggage that, you know, I'm going away because he reads your body language. And if you could read people's body language, you would know things like that, too. Uh, it is not ESP and it's actively pissing me off. And I know they just need somebody in their fucking shitty script to justify their fucking shitty premise. But it still pissed me off. I love the idea that, like, we've watched monsters and we've watched maniac cops be resurrected and we have watched vampires and this is the first time you're like this does not hold up (laughs) (laughs) and i think it's because they're like making such an effort to show you that this is a real thing that can happen yeah they're trying to be scientific yes um can we talk about hitchhiking yet uh let me see if i'm there Ricky, Ricky escapes. Uh, so Ricky escapes. He kill he kills the letter opener lady, and then like I'm like, is this basically it follows now? Because he's just walking down the highway <laughs> and they're driving away. <laughs> so I'm just like, is this just gonna be it follows? Oh, we're calling you out now, man. <laughs> I forgot to talk about the it follows thing. I told you this episodes and episodes ago. Okay. Um, at one point, I think Quentin Tarantino had said the same thing about it follows that you did, which is like, it's a good movie. It's flawed, but it's pretty good. He said something along those lines, which is mm-hmm. exactly what you said. And that director responded to Tarantino like he on Twitter because mm-hmm. he tweeted it and he responded and said, yeah, I've got some notes for you too. 
Yeah, I've seen like, that tweet. That's the coolest thing <laughs> ever. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, go ahead. I think that's a, that's a perfectly reasonable thing for a dude to say and a perfectly reasonable response from the, yeah, exactly. the dude you say it about. Yeah, because I still feel like those two could have a beer together and be cool, but yeah. they were just like... The, I don't feel like there was just some fun shade yeah, thrown ex- back Exactly, forth. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, hitchhiking. Yes. Basically turns in, follows, and then he gets in a car. So, but he, so this is a man that is not wearing any shoes, that is wearing a hospital gown. And has His half a brain head. exposed... And is basically acts like he's been lobotomized, right? He's lurched from the Adams family. That's how he plays this. And, and the dude picks him up and does it, it just, this is totally casual. He is a completely fine with the fact that this man is in his car. I don't know, man. He he's like has a conversation with him and is like, yeah, you know, I hate Christmas time because my wife makes me wear this sweater. Like, that was the dialogue they gave the guy that picked him up. <laughs> and then they go to, like, a 12-second shot of the sweater. Um, the director of this movie mm-hmm. um, is the producer tying these two things together of such movies as Reservoir Dogs. And he has directed many, many things and produced way more A-grade things. And the story to this movie is he agreed to do, the, do this movie on, like, he had, like, a 110-degree like temperature or something insane, and he thought he was going to die. So they were like, will you make this movie? And he was like, oh, yeah, sure. Whatever. And he signed for it. And then he had to fucking make this movie. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's like uh, Edward Norton. Have you ever seen? You, you've you never seen The Italian Job, have you? Yeah. Oh, you've seen The Italian Job. I don't remember it. I just remember. So I feel, I feel the same way about that as I do Man on Fire. Like, I feel I don't remember anything about it other than watching it and being like, that was adequate. I was entertained for an hour and a half. Uh, Edward Norton who by all accounts is a huge asshole, but he did not want to do the movie. He didn't want anything to do with it. And Paramount was like, well, you signed a contract, so you have to do it. And so then he just didn't give a fuck and just tried to chew up every scene and act like a complete ass. And it 100% worked for that movie. The, uh, so Edward Norton, I still think is phenomenal, uh, in that, like, I don't know if I've seen him in a bad movie, really. Like you should watch the Incredible Hulk. Uh, it's not a it's not a bad movie, but he's not he's not good. But uh, so even if he does have that one, I feel like he is incredible. And I was like, I am an Edward Norton guy. I fucking love this guy. Even still, I would watch it and I like him his acting. But like I saw him on like a Leno or something, and he had zero personality. And I feel like that might be why he's such a good actor is because he's like a blank <laughs> slate and then just turns into. Completely turns into whatever character he is. From what I hear, he's a huge asshole and diva, but like, yeah. So he he played the Incredible Hulk in in the movie in two thousand eight, and then like got on Twitter and asked his fans because he was like, I don't want to, I don't want to do any more Hulk stuff. Should I do it? And his fans were like, Yeah, you should do it. And then he was like, Eh, fuck you. <laughs> I don't want to do it. Okay. But which is good because then we got uh, Mark Ruffalo, hmm. and he's a pretty good Hulk. Okay. Back to the shit movie, I guess. <laughs> okay, so Laura Jennifer Connelly ends up at her grandma's house. Well, before that, Ricky beats her to the grandma's house. Yeah. So Ricky gets to the grandma's house. He's wearing a Santa hat that he took 
took off a guy he decapitated who was just trying to get his rocks off on the telephone. Uh, he took a Santa hat. He was wearing it. And so first time, believably, okay, she may not see the exposed brain, even though half of it's sticking out, but whatever. But she's just like, nice, brings in this man off the street and feeds him dinner. And she's like, you know, that's my, he like picks up the picture of Laura and like, that's my granddaughter. Every year we do gift, we do gifts on Christmas Eve. Here, have a gift. And of course it's red. It's a red wrapped gift. And so then, because he's a bull, <laughs> he gets triggered. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so stupid. <laughs> and please don't emphasize my laughing. Is like it, it's so stupid that you need to watch this. This no. is shit. This is it's, just ignore this. I love bad movies. This is a bad movie that you should not watch. No, no, no. Uh, so Laura shows up. So yeah, they show up, and the grandma's not there. And then the blind girl is like, this chair shouldn't be here. This chair should be over here. (laughs) And like, dude and his girlfriend. Let's talk about the relationship between Laura and her brother, Chris, which is very fucking incestuous. It's it's creepy, right? Like like he, uh, when he first picks her up from the hospital, he like goes the and like pulls her hair away from her face. Like sexily, like. Yeah, kind no, of flirty. Yeah, he, and I was like, I, I, I looked at Marianne. I was like, "You're like, has your brother ever done that to you?" And she was like, "No, that was fucking disgusting." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I got creeped out too. Just wanted to make sure." Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm glad you picked up on that too because it was weird. And then there's a weird hug where he's like rubbing her way too much during the hug, and the hug goes on for a little too long. There's a uh, really bad Wes Craven movie called Cursed. That uh, like Joshua Jackson and I think it's Christina Ricci are in together. And during like when they made the movie, they were in a relationship. But when they cut the movie, they turned them and then they did like a reshoot or two and turned them into siblings. So it has the same vibe (laughs) because when they're making the movie, they think they're in a relationship. But then they filmed like a scene or two where they're like, hey, sis. So it turns into so like the body language and everything is way off in the same way. It's crazy that it. Turns it creepy and incestuous. I wonder if that's if that was his plan. Like all the time, he wanted it weird and incestuous. You know, and that, that would actually and, be genius. Yeah, <laughs> that would actually be genius. Um, we, like, hey, we need we need some reshoots. Uh, just come in, like you know, two or three days. We'll bang these out. It'll be great. It'll be fine. And then they're like, "Wait a minute! I was rubbing her leg like the entire <laughs> film because." <laughs> You told us before we were like just starting off and we were super sexual and super like I am rubbing her ass through this one entire scene (laughs) at her mom's funeral. And that turns it into my mom's funeral, too. And I'm rubbing her ass. That would be great. (laughs) That would be amazing. I love the psychology of that. (laughs) I really do. It's like uh, um, Kubrick, like shooting the gun and stuff. Kubrick shooting the gun. Wasn't that Kubrick? I'm sounding like an idiot. What's your story? I don't know. Um, So like Kubrick just acted like it was a story everyone should know. And like Kubrick fucked with uh, uh, skinny Popeye olive oil. Yeah, he Uh, fucked with her the whole time on set. Yeah, like gave her real PTSD. No, no, no. no, no. I'm thinking of Cronenberg on a set. Cronenberg had a live gun, and he would fire the gun 
right before like screaming action just to make people that like off kilter Fuck. and and yeah it's crazy um and now i'm nervous that i sound like an idiot because i said the wrong person it's fine um yeah that's cool okay so they get there something's off grandma's not there so what do they do they take baths <laughs> a sexy bath well two separate baths apparently this farmhouse has two baths so like sis goes into one bath and takes a bath and then uh brother and girlfriend go to take a bath together which by the way is he like the second hairiest man ever like just behind robin williams robin williams was a hairy dude wasn't he, was he? really hairy but it was also during the time when you were like that was sexy so you didn't you didn't get rid of it I'm sorry, I never found Robin Williams sexy. No, 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 no. Hair was sexy. <laughs> Brad Pitt brought back the brought the the bare chest forward. I feel that's fair. Before that, it was all Burt Reynolds. That's what you wanted. Nice tuft, man you know, hair. You know, he's an avocado farmer. Hmm. Or is that Tom Tom <laughs> Selleck? <laughs> now you're looking like an idiot. They're the same person, right? Tom Selleck. And Burt Reynolds? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same person in Definitely my head. The same person. <laughs> I just see a mustache and I assume that it's the same person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so, yeah, they take baths and then. So is this supposed to be sexy? Like, there's like a foot scene here, too, right? Like, there's the sexy feet scene. shot. And uh, it's. Feet are not sexy. That's like a very big fetish. I don't get the foot. Yeah, I'm not into foot. She just has her boobs out the whole time. Yeah. During this bath. So mm-hmm. that's better than feet. I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> I would take boobs over feet. But it was like one eyeball because they would do it in two shots. So like one eyeball would see the boobs and the other would see all the man hair. And it's like it's the hot girls having a bath with saber tooth. Um, the last note that I have here is sound is horrible. And I... <laughs> So you're gonna have to walk us through, through the culmination of Ricky versus Laura, uh, Jennifer Connelly here. Let's see. I don't know how many old farmhouses with two tubs. Uh, okay, so then we get creepy hug. So Laura takes a bath, gets dressed, which I have a hard then, time buying. I have a hard time buying that the water heater could keep up with two tubs because I live in a relatively newer house, right? And we don't have an instant hot water heater, but mm-hmm. it's a newer water heater. And just today, so my son wanted to take a bath. So I gave him, I was giving my four-year-old a bath and he had plugged the toilet earlier because he has bowels of steel somehow. So I'm like plunging shit in the toilet while he's bathing, right? And then I've got like shit water splashing up and down my arms and on my clothes. And then finally I'm like, wife, you need to take over and finish giving him the bath because I need to go take a shower because I have shit water <laughs> going down my like the first few splashes I was like okay I feel like I you're being a little son. too vigorous with your plunging um it's it's it takes it's still it's plugged it's still plugged if you want to go up there and <laughs> take a peek at this at this situation as as somebody who also has bowels of steel and does a lot of plunging I very rarely get get water out of myself um I, I need to learn your technique then because I got it my technique is I don't ever want to get splashed, so <laughs> I act accordingly. Um, yeah. So I went to take a shower, 
right after he did. And then I only got to stay like, there's a difference in showers for me when I'm like getting ready for work and it's early in the morning and I'm trying to get through the shower. And then there's like my, my me showers. And I was trying to take a me shower Mm -hmm. and I didn't have time for a me shower. You got a rush hour shower. Uh, Rush hour shower. Exactly. Yeah. I can't masturbate in the shower. My wife always tells me to try to do that. I can't do that standing up. I take really long showers. So that's the so assumption that always happens? Wait, you can't do it standing up? Yeah, no, I can't do it standing up. It doesn't work. Does your fupa get in the way? I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's not comfortable. Uh, I mean, I have before, but I feel like they're not good orgasms. Yeah, I've powered so, through. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. it's definitely not a go-to. It's it's. There's definitely been like, it's been a week and I don't have time in my schedule right now, so fire this baby out <laughs> but uh go ahead I, this movie's shitty yeah. don't don't see it <laughs> uh i still have more complaints okay uh okay so my point there was she takes a laura takes a bath changes her clothes then the next scene they're watching tv they watch a movie and then the camera stays on the tv and we watch about three minutes of that movie. They had to pad not the, joking. They had to pad this movie. That is a theme throughout the series. Yeah, is the just padding. We watch the grandma make dinner, <laughs> like in one <laughs> continuous shot. <laughs> You're you think, laughing, but it's true. Do you think they had to cut? And they're like, God damn it, we gotta wait for the yeast to rise again. <laughs> uh, so she takes a bath, gets changed. You watch TV, then the next scene she's talking to her brother and she's changing her clothes again, which also she's changing her clothes in front of her boyfriend or in front of her uh, brother, mm-hmm. which is weird. Mm-hmm. And then they have the weird awkward hug, mm-hmm. and then uh, finally they're like, "We need to think about. We need to think about going to see Grandma. Like trying to find out where she's at." And then the brother was like, yeah, okay, but it can wait 15 minutes because I'm going to go heat up that dinner she made. <laughs> it's like, why is nobody trying to find grandma? Uh, who is obviously not well to begin with, really. I mean, she seemed fine, but she's definitely old. Yeah. That's all it takes for me. Yeah. So then he goes to eat dinner. If I had a grandma, I would be concerned about her. And they never go looking for grandma because his car goes missing. So his car goes missing, and that's the first time they like leave to go do anything. And then uh, Laura... This is an hour and 20 minutes into the movie, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Laura finds Ricky via her her psychic link. And then the other two come in, and she's like, we got to get out of here. And they're like, uh, okay, the car is fucked up or whatever. We can't. We got to get out of here. Arm comes through the door and one hand chokes the girlfriend. Boyfriend goes and gets a knife, stabs. It's a one continuous shot, so I thought it was kind of cool. It's the only cool thing in this movie is he stabs him in the arm. And in one continuous shot, he gets stabbed in the arm, puts his hand through the other side of the door and then pulls it out. So, like, whatever prop work they did there, Mm -hmm. good on him. Okay. So here's what just happened. She has just gotten choked through a front, through a door, 
And so she just lays there and then eventually gets up and they're like, we need to leave. And they're just lackadaisical. He goes up to like pack shit. <laughs> like weird. Like I have they to are get... taking, there's no seriousness. Dude, he there's needs... no points of urgency. He needs his fanny pack <laughs> and his slot bracelets. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so this is the climax of the film. Mm-hmm. I literally... F- well, I, to be fair, yeah. you're legally obligated to put that in quotes. <laughs> uh, I put it in quotes in my note here. Oh, okay, good. Because it says, I almost fell asleep two or three times during the climax. You, you Literally. Abided, you abided by the law then, because it yeah. does have to be in quotes. Uh, okay. We didn't even talk about the psychic and the cop, and I don't care. I like that they give the cop the weird quirk of trying to sell cell phone plans. <laughs> that was that's one of the few things I'll give. Okay, thumbs up for this movie. Good job on that. Uh, <laughs> I want to see that. I want to see that worked into other movies. Like, I w- <laughs> that's that is actually a great idea. Yeah. Like he's got this thing on the side where he's he's doing them. He gets a hundred dollars off his bill yeah. if he sells a plan. That's literally what he says. And so like they're in the middle of a manhunt and he's trying to sell them on this car phone. In nineteen eighty nine. It's great. They do. They have like a debate about mm-hmm. about whether or not it's worth it and the benefits. Yeah. Uh so climax of this movie, uh he stabs the boyfriend, he kills the girlfriend somehow i Can don't I cut you off at the climax how how th- that whole cell phone thing as awesome as it is mm-hmm. doesn't match the rest of the tone of the movie no because the rest of the tone of the movie thinks it's silence of the lambs yeah the cop has the cop is 100 percent like the best thing about this movie and doesn't he doesn't fit he at doesn't all. fit at all no i just needed to say that go ahead i'm sorry yeah uh so they do a really cool thing. So the, our main character is blind. And she goes down to the basement. Ricky is coming to get her. So she picks up a, a, like a broomstick or something and knocks out the light bulb and says, now we're the same, bitch. Some moderately cool line, right? <laughs> And that's a really cool moment. That's a really cool idea. And then you see Ricky come down the stairs and the light from the stairs fills the entire room. So it's basically light in that room. They had this really cool idea, but realized that they couldn't make it look good and actually captured on film no, or no, something. They, it just would have been so black. he just walks in from light and then there's just a bunch of light in there and the whole thing... I <laughs> that was I gestured reckless. wildly, and I think I broke the mic stand. That was awesome. <laughs> That's how pissed off I am. At <laughs> this movie that is so boring and then tries to do something exciting and even fucks that up. It's really, uh. it's really like they filmed it chronologically, and they were like, wait a minute, if it's dark in here, how are we going to film anything? <laughs> oh, shit, I guess it's light. Open that door. Um. Yeah, th- th- it's awful. Like, they could have just continued going with the... Like, do you feel like they had to have been going crazy for a little bit to go with Ricky's look with his head? 
But it doesn't. Ma- that doesn't I match think, the rest of the movie either. I don't. I don't think this movie was a Silent Night, Deadly Night three. I think somebody had a script, and they they wanted to buy a script. Oh, I'm sure. I and mean, they we've bought already, script. We've already established like how shady and non ethical this these producers are well it means that's not unethical but it's like i no, but i think they just were like we got to cash in on another one yes and so let's buy any piece of garbage we can uh and they bought a piece of garbage they bought a piece of garbage and then they renamed him ricky that's what they did yep uh yeah this movie sucks that's my final thoughts yeah this this was i think the worst batch of movies you've ever given us you, don't blame me for this. I for, blame you for, for selling it. Didn't win three. That's fair. I'll I will, take the heat. For I this. will take the heat for Leprechaun four. Okay, good. All right, that's fair. We'll we'll but split together. This one. Our powers combined into <laughs> the most boring fucking movies. I've... Wonder Twin Powers Unite. <laughs> yeah, this wasn't this Form wasn't of fat. This wasn't the episode for like people to be like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. Let's do this with these two. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna get these movies. Which aren't on any streaming thing any ever, so I'm gonna pay money for these movies. Yeah, I'm gonna make sure that I get them on Amazon Prime so yeah, that so I get, get them within the shipping. time frame. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna follow along. Yeah, I didn't, I hadn't subscribed to Amazon, so I spent a hundred dollars on them. <laughs> I'm sorry uh, if you did that. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, so you referenced that uh, that Ricky got the gift from Grandma, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm just using that as an awkward segue. Okay. You just had your birthday, right? In real time, sure, you just yes. had your birthday. Um, so I didn't go out to seek for a birthday present for you. I've had this for a little while, but okay. I saw this and there was two of these type of things that I was like, ooh, both of these are calling to me. Justin's not big on, he doesn't really want a lot of stuff, right? Sure. But yeah. I feel like this is something that's that's small enough, that's unique enough and something that my wife hates that i do is i tell her like hey i thought about getting you this and i didn't (laughs) i'm gonna do that to you okay first i'm gonna give you your birthday gift all right and then i'm gonna tell you what i didn't get you all right so no packaging no products or anything um but uh yeah happy birthday okay uh oh that's awesome uh I just bought a messenger bag mm-hmm. that is made to have a bunch of pins on the front of it. Awesome. And I bought a bunch of uh, Lonesome Wyatt and the Holy Spooks. Awesome. And, Perfect. That, that was my uh, thought was like, that. yeah, that was my yeah. thought was that you're not big on material stuff, but that's small enough that maybe you could start doing something like that. You don't really, I quote this at least two or three times a month at uh, work. Yeah. Uh, I know a, you've done it a handful of times here. So I saw it and I was immediately like, I can't not buy this. It is uh, a RoboCop pin. It's like an old tube TV with the uh, color accuracy test behind it. And it says, I'd buy that for a dollar, which is the best line from RoboCop. Thank you. That's very awesome. Yeah. It was definitely not, uh, you know, it's not particularly expensive or yeah. whatever. But I saw that and I was like, that it's is meaningful. That, that is means Justin. more to me. That is Justin right yeah. there. So, awesome. um the one that I saw that is less you and is more rebake me that I didn't get you is we had t- remember the uh, the the Friday the Thirteenth kill with the banana victim. Banana victim, yes. 
uh, there was a, a same type of enamel pin of her like squeezing, <laughs> squeezing the banana, which I love the idea that something's so obscure, yeah. but that's more remake me as opposed to you. And I feel yeah. like that's you. So, so happy birthday, my friend. Thank you. That's, that is awesome. That's that really cool. Very good. Um, okay. Now that we got the mushy stuff out of the way, uh, <laughs> Leprechaun 4. Yeah. Synopsis. The title is Leprechaun 4 in space. Boom. That's all you need. <laughs> Overall thoughts. Oh, okay. So I've never seen a Leprechaun movie. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen bits and pieces of the first you one. You have now. Uh, so we skipped right ahead to four. So I think I think I've realized what I want in a Leprechaun movie. Now that I've seen all of one, is I just want Leprechaun, the Leprechaun, to kill people and say things. Just, just make obs- like semi-obscure pop culture references <laughs> in weird-looking outfits. Yeah, okay. I want to see. I want to see Warwick Davis do a really bad John Wayne <laughs> over and over again. That's that's what I want out okay. of these movies. Okay. And unfortunately, we didn't get enough of that. So my thoughts on Leprechaun Four is that there are a handful of things that make it enjoyable enough but but what i kept thinking of is this is the movie that jack frost should have been like and i mean that as in jack frost remember is year zero it's perfect sure yeah but all things being realistic this is the movie that jack frost should have been which was like a pretty shitty stupid horror movie that you groan along with as opposed to like laughing along with yeah um and overall, it's exactly what the average person would expect it to be, which is really not good with a few flourishes that I could say that I enjoy. It has really, really bad CGI. I know it's 1996, but it has bad CGI for 1996. That's my very first note is like the bad CGI. So we, we open on like just bad CGI asteroids. planes and asteroids floating through space. Right. And then you see the ship and ugh, like... Yeah. I think that there were porns around this time, like space-based porns that were better CGI than Leprechaun 4. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> um, I'm going to hijack your catchphrase. Thanks. You're welcome. Um, so then we meet our crew, which mm-hmm. I don't remember anyone's name. Okay. But we have the boss lieutenant guy. Who Metalhead. Has a metal plate. Um Metalhead or who, Chrome Dome. Who very, like his his speech patterns are, I very much wonder if he has an extra chromosome or if he, if this is a reaction to missing half of his skull. Because his speech patterns are, are like a human being that's never spoke before. I think he's a bad actor trying to do a good sergeant. Uh, I would assume that that's the case. <laughs> You're exactly right. This is the worst actor ever trying to do Arlie Ermey. Yeah. Is what he's trying to do. Yeah. Because he is piss poor. <laughs> yeah. Really bad at it. Like, I wish that I would have gotten a clip, which I'm not going to make the effort to because this movie doesn't deserve it, but of his voice patterns. Because they're he, spe- he speaks like a less, a less charming William Shatner in that... <laughs> Sure, and yeah. the, and the, 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 those aren't the way the speech patterns work. Or Christopher Walken, right? Mm-hmm. Jeff Goldblum. All three of those guys have speech patterns that are off. Just completely bonkers. But they're but charismatic they're, they're, exactly. and it works. No, this guy is just terrible. Yeah. 
it's like he didn't speak English at all, but can say the words properly, but doesn't know how they go together. Yeah. That sounds about right. Like yeah. he, 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 uh, can speak flashcard English. <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, yes, exactly. Uh, Juana man is in this playing sticks. There, I think I've referenced this before. There was like a two-year period where Ben and I saw every movie that came out in the theater, and Juana Man was one of them. Like we play, we paid probably first weekend to see Juana Man. Nice. I went uh, at midnight to see Battleship, and I like marked that on my calendar. Like this is, this is what's happening. Battleship is going to come into play next week. Spoiler! Oh my gosh! Battleship. Okay, here's my review of Battleship. I did. Hold on, before you say anything, I didn't mind Battleship. Like, for being fucking a movie based on Battleship, I was entertained. Uh, five minutes into this movie, a man gets tasered over a microwave burrito. It doesn't matter what happens the rest of that movie. It's it's perfect. <laughs> it's okay, great. good. We're on the same page. Okay. I loved good. Battleship. Okay, good. And the fact that they worked the game Battleship into the movie Battleship and it was competent and it made sense and it was relevant to the plot. I thought you were going to shit all over Battleship and I'm fine with Battleship. I don't I, really have like any problem Battleship, with Battleship. Battleship's terrible. But <laughs> no, it's that it, it good, ter- fantastic, terrible yeah. that is just mm, mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. It's yeah. got, it's got, yeah, Rihanna who can act and is terrible but opposite uh, Liam Neeson who has just like, like, he was paid way too much money to not be in this movie and it's great i would yeah. agree we're on the same page with battleship Good. that's awesome i thought you were gonna shit on it and i was like i gotta get my sentence out of the way first <laughs> and then i'm pro battleship yeah okay good um okay i don't know how we got started talking about battleship uh um, juana man because <laughs> juana man is in this movie yes. he plays sticks uh which one's that the black guy miguel nunez jr is juana man yeah Holy shit, Miguel Nunez Jr. is in a Friday the 13th and he's in Return of the Living Dead. He's like a horror guy. I never realized that's Juana Man. He's in Juana Man. I saw him on his IMDb and I thought he was Juana Man. I don't know that he isn't Juana Man. Yeah. I know he's in Juana Man and I'm 98% certain he is sure Juana Man. Are you sure that wasn't Samuel L. Jackson? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> uh, but then Books is like the last one that we meet. And I, I could have sworn that he was a person, like he was an actor. I tried to look through everybody's, and the only person that I knew was Miguel Nunez Jr. and yeah. Warwick Davis. Nobody else seemed like they had any kind of an IMDb worth worth looking at. Yeah, but books looks one hundred percent like he sh- he's Sylvester Stallone's kid. One hundred percent. Sylvester Stallone's kids died, bro. His daughter just. Son. did a thing his son okay he was like this huge grindhouse guy that like preserved films and he worked with films and stuff and he died okay thanks for bringing it up but books looks like he could be maybe he's an illegitimate son or maybe Sylvester Stallone like jerked off into a cup for 50 bucks once I don't know you know he did a porn yeah, yeah. the Italian stallion yep I haven't seen it I have seen clips and not the good ones <laughs> uh gross um okay so we get we meet our crew 
And then they decide that they need to go to a different planet. To a scary CGI planet. Scary CGI planet. Uh, and they find this is something that's kind of cool about this movie is they always reference the leprechaun as an alien or a monster or whatever. Mm-hmm. They never call him a leprechaun. Like no. they never put together that he's a leprechaun to them. They're in space. He's just a fucking monster. Yeah. Um, so the, Before lepre- that, the sergeant makes a Detroit joke, mm-hmm. which and also he calls it Detroit. Yes. He, he's like <laughs> he that's a perfect example of like speaking. It's yeah. Detroit. Because he. uh yeah, he's like, the one of the guys is like, this is the most awful place I've ever been. He's like, huh, you've never been to Detroit, son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the alien, I'm sorry, the leprechaun is an alien that is on or another- Or a magic being. Or a magic being that is on another planet, and he has the princess of this planet, who's very princess I think she's the princess of a different planet. Of a planet, whatever. Because they she's, were surprised that she was the prince. She was royalty from some other culture. So she's very Princess Leia-ish in her outfit, and basically, he turns her from a princess into a prostitute. She looks more I dream of genie than Princess Leia. Okay, I'll give that to you. Point is, she's kind. Of, she's a scantily clad, sexy princess. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's where I was going with that. Um, she's scantily clad, sexy princess, and the leprechaun convinces her, like, you just bang me. And become my wife, and you'll have the riches of the universe. And she's like, you're a disgusting little troll, but I'm a whore, and I'm completely fine with that. She's not a whore. She just loves, she wants gold. She wants wealth. What? Because she's a princess of, her dad gave away all the money. That's a whore. You are giving yourself up for money. Mm. I didn't say promiscuous. You can be a whore and only do it one time. All right. Let's not use the she word never, whore because that claimed, has negative yeah. connotations. Let's say what, what she, let's say what I started with. She which never is, does she goes say that she will have sex with him. To a prostitute, just that she will marry him. Because okay. he plans to wed her, bed her, and bury her that night, and she just plans on marrying him and then killing him. So I don't know that she ever plans on having sex with him. Okay. And your whore assumption is outright. <laughs> it's just too far. Did we lose all the female listeners from that right there because of Leprechaun 4? What female listeners? <laughs> okay. Uh, so. Oh, speaking of that. So, 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 so. You just said so and then I said so. I think we say so too much on this this podcast. Mm-hmm. It's probably something everyone else is screaming at us. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I don't know. He meant know. S-E-W, just so everybody knows. Yeah, I'm, I'm laying some, some wheat. Uh, <laughs> sounds like a euphemism. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so this is a double-sided DVD, what you gave me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm sure, assuming it's single layer, there's probably not a lot of data there. Mm-hmm. Even so, when he, there's like an empty table, and then he CGI's, he like camera tricks some gold on there. Mm-hmm. Did that look like the worst thing ever? Um, it looked like a compressed JPEG of gold <laughs> on the table. It looked awful, and I hope it was the DVD, but I don't think it was 100% the DVD. I don't think there's a 4K restoration of Leprechaun 4. <laughs> uh... 
But if there is, I'll get it. But like the the rest of the film didn't look awful in that way. Didn't Remember look... the middle finger at the end? The middle finger at the end, because like you that's can CGI. see the pixels. It's incredible. Because it's CGI. But this should have just been simple camera trick, right? I don't know if the word simple should be described <laughs> to any of this. You hang you hang a camera, you take a shot, you turn the camera off, you put all the shit back on, and then you turn the camera back on, boom, it appeared. I think they were using Photoshop 1995. <laughs> Photoshop 5.5. Um, so the our, our, our group of heroes, who's the alien ripoff group, end up descending onto the planet with the leprechaun and his would-be bride and attempt to quote-unquote rescue her even though she doesn't want rescued, right? Mm-hmm. And if I just burped into the mic, I apologize. That's I try not to do that. I'm sorry. Um and immediately we get our very first Star Wars reference to yep. where Warwick Davis pulls out essentially a, a green lightsaber mm-hmm. and cuts someone cut someone's legs off. Yeah. Um he ends up jumping onto a grenade and killing himself. Mm-hmm. No, that's to not save true. the princess. To save the princess. Sacrificing himself. Sacrificed himself because he is in love and wants to marry her. Because she's too dumb to realize that there's a grenade there. Um and one of the guys decides he's going to pee on the leprechaun's exploded body. Mm-hmm. And uh, magical electricity pee rays descend, ascend mm-hmm. up the pee stream and electrocute his penis. He peed on the magical third rail. So the leprechaun's soul ascended up the urine stream by touching his body so the leprechaun lived in his penis my note here is did the leprechaun just stow aboard the ship via dick <laughs> the answer is yes yes the he answer did. is yes 100 percent. because dude goes to get it on with the only woman in the group uh and and they make it seem like this is the first time she's had sex with any of these guys but I feel like she could have had her pick of any of this group at any point. Yeah. Um, so they go to start getting it on, and it's like he is resurrected by this guy's erection. Like he well, starts he to just, get a boner. He just takes that opportunity. Um, yeah, because the leprechaun likes to fuck with people. You, this mm-hmm. is the first movie you've seen, but he likes to fuck with people. Yeah. So this I got guy, that. I got that impression. So this guy just starts going nuts. His dick's going crazy, and he gives birth to the leprechaun through his urethra. Um, they, they mentioned that his dick is not for long for this world. It, uh, it, it probably exploded, but you can very obviously see the leprechaun come out of a hole and then he leaps out of the hole that's in the floor and lands far away and they don't even remove the cable. <laughs> so the cable is there the whole time in the shot. Okay. Um, the, so Warwick Davis, the leprechaun, shows up, uh, and this is where he he makes his appearance on board the ship. Can we pause for a moment and talk about what your thoughts on Warwick Davis' performance throughout this film as the leprechaun is? I think that he it looked like he was just having a great fucking time. Like, he would chomp on the scenery anytime he got the opportunity. Like, it seemed to me like he... I feel like Harry Potter 
was maybe the first time he really got to act. Maybe Willow a little bit. But this seemed like the first time he really got to just like let loose. Because throughout his career, he's either in like suits that you can't tell it's him. Or he's in a ton of makeup and a background character, mostly. Uh, but like for me, like Willow, Leprechaun, and Harry Potter are the ones where he actually got to do acting. And this was the one that he just got to like fucking go nuts in warwick davis is by far and away like too good for these i'm so glad that he's here but he is like a grade a actor who like you said is having a fucking blast Mm -hmm. knows that this is garbage but is still giving everything he has Mm -hmm. no matter what he's doing and like physically does a lot of shit that as yeah. a little like as a little person especially is super impressive. Did you ever see an idiot abroad? Mm-mm. Do you know what that is? Mm-hmm. So, an idiot abroad, Ricky Gervais show, uh, where he sends his buddy out to do go to a whole bunch of kind of shitty places and do things that he doesn't want to do. Warwick Davis pops up in the last season, and Warwick Davis is basically this guy's travel companion um, because it's it's a. Uh, British based show Warwick Davis is British and basically the whole concept of like these last four episodes is you are such a piece of shit that I'm going to send Warwick Davis along with you to show you how big of a piece of shit you are so Warwick Davis is like fucking bungee jumping and stuff and this other guy is too big of a pussy to do it you know and he's battling the fact that he's a little person if things are physically harder for him yeah um but I can't begin to tell you how much I love Warwick Davis. And even in this such a shitty movie, when he is on screen, even if he's saying or doing something that is awful or if it looks terrible, yeah. it's like he's in on the joke. He's like, I know this is not good, but I'm going to do whatever I can for you. And I'm going to act my ass off as a fucking dumbass leprechaun. And I'm physically going to put it forward. I can't say enough awesome things about Warwick Davis. I love that it's shitty. Like... Every moment he's on screen is my are like my favorite moments of this film, and like I love that you see the cable, like <laughs> <laughs> that I love that the the movie. I feel like the movie knew what it wanted to be, and there just wasn't enough of that. No, that's what I mean. This is what it was try it was trying to pull off the magic of jack frost that somehow jack frost was able to conjure yeah cuz these are the definitely the same sub 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 genre i feel like jack frost had interesting characters in town that he wasn't carrying the whole movie and this one there was nobody interesting in this movie even at the end when the sarge is cross dressing it no. turns out to be a robot which should be really awesome like he like he has been forced <laughs> to be a to uh, cross dress and turns out he's a robot still not interesting no um so he pops out of his dick and then it turns he, warwick davis does john wayne as a leprechaun mm-hmm. and it's so bad but again warwick davis is like this is fucking dumb i'm gonna act my ass off doing this yeah and it's warwick davis as the leprechaun doing an impression of him and shooting somebody with a six shooter. Mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> Every, yeah. Every time he's on the screen, I like woke up and watched the TV again. And then it would be them running around in the ship. And I was like, uh. <laughs> just put Warwick Davis on screen. Yeah. 
That's all we want to see. Just put more people on the ship for him to kill. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I want. Um, we, we, we find out that there's a scientist on board that has created a way to shrink down gold. Right. So so now any cargo, the, the directive, the directive has become this planet is filled with gold. We're going to stick around here until we can come and mine it. And the great thing is, is that we have um, the honey. I shrunk the kids, Ray, mm-hmm. that is going to shrink down this gold so we can transport it a whole lot easier. Right. Uh, and fit more of it on here and fit more of it on. Uh, so that it takes less ships to go back and forth. And then we'll do the honey. I blew up the kid thing later mm-hmm. and, uh, all is good. Yep. Yes. Uh, we find out that the leader that's giving the directions here is, uh, Dr. Mittenhand. Is that his name? Mittenhand. Hmm. Because I was like, is this fucking guy going to wear, I'd seen this before <laughs> years ago, but I was probably... 13 and mm-hmm. i didn't remember this guy had better wear like have a fucking mitten on his hand and he doesn't have a mitten on his hand it doesn't he's half a robot he's 90 percent a robot yes he's an arm and shoulders or no he's an arm and shoulder skin and a head and that's it uh and, and just... another hand that's behind his back that you can obviously see <laughs> And like a series of, of just, uh, like high school beaker sets, just filled with different colored mm-hmm. uh, Gatorade. <laughs> One of my favorite things that happens in this movie: they're, they're like taking care of the princess in the medical bay, and uh, she's she like opens up the chart and is like typing on it, and it's making like futuristic computer noises and everything. And then she turns to talk to a character, and. It is literally a clipboard with a tiny calculator glued onto the middle of it. <laughs> and I was like, that's, yep. That gave her something tactile to press. And all you had to do was make poop noises. And then you show it to the camera because that's the best thing to do. It was great. Um, so, so now there's the celebratory scene where all of our crew is in the bar on the ship and this must be the biggest ship in the world because this basically it's like a discotheque mm-hmm. on the spaceship so imagine all of a sudden aliens cut to studio 54 it is a huge room which apparently there's a full bar is someone working the bar no, and it was untended the whole time but it's almost like it's set up that someone would be working there. It, it, like there's a person on this ship that is floating through space on military missions. I think it's supposed to be the, the bar from the next generation. It, it's insane. Yeah. Why would there be this much room on the ship? I don't know. There's six people in it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> God. Um, the, uh, we, we are then introduced to a, a doctor on the ship that acts stereotypically homosexual, like very effeminate and has a lisp in things. But then he like kind of acts like he's going to rape yeah. the attractive female woman. Mm-hmm. And it's the weirdest combination because it's uncomfortable on so many levels because it's not even like a, it's not like a, um, the will and grace gay, which is, it's like the cartoon, American Pie gay, if that makes sense. I think the point is he's not gay, he's just creepy. 
well, whether he's being creepy towards a man or creepy towards an unconscious woman, he's just creepy. And apparently later in the movie we find out it doesn't have a skull. <laughs> there are no bones in his head. It took me a second to get there. I was like, what does that have to do with this? Oh, <laughs> now I get it. Um, uh, I don't remember what led us to this point, but they end up, uh, they end up all dressed in full, like CDC, uh, head to toe, uh, bacteria containment suits. Like the first place they're going to look for them is the waste disposal place that has flesh eating bacteria in it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Flesh eating bacteria. Um, so they go to look for him in there and I love the, I love this so much. Fucking Warwick Davis is also in... He is an eternal being. <laughs> he literally says he's an eternal being. And he's wearing the suit. And he's wearing one of the suits. <laughs> it's so it's so stupid. And I love it so much. Yeah. Uh, and he's up... The One of them gets punctured. And then this flesh-hating bacteria is so potent that it immediately just eats them to the it's bone. really good at its job. <laughs> It's like a, a, a Halloween store skeleton ends up inside the suit. Mm-hmm. And it's so wonderful. They kind of covered it up with some green goop. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Just the, the image of seeing Warwick Davis dressed as a leprechaun wearing one of these suits mm-hmm. just made me so happy. Um, I don't have, I have like no more notes. Uh, so we find out uh mitten hand is a cyborg mm-hmm. and then we have this awesome negotiation scene where metalhead awesome neg- is a strong term <laughs> metalhead negotiates with mitten hand about it, it's completely like if this movie i haven't seen wall street but if this movie was in like a movie like wall street like where it's like this intense negotiations this business meeting and it's taking place in the middle of leprechaun to where somebody like really went through and figured out what the pros and cons like they're discussing percentages and gross versus net gain and profit and, and loss uh bonus points <laughs> and it's i loved it it was pretty awesome no place in this movie it's like a detailed business transaction mm-hmm. that they are both like on the fine details that normally if if when i talked about pepsi buying amazon uh buying snapple mm-hmm. there was the same points were made, but over the course of weeks and mitten hand and metalhead were so on point with their business acumen mm-hmm. that they were available. They were able to do that back and forth. They just had rat, their binders. Tat, tat. They had their full business plan in front of them. <laughs> they knew their numbers. It was awesome. <laughs> um, they, uh, okay. So we move forward and the leprechaun ends up meeting the creepy gay rape doctor. Mm hmm. And how does creepy gay rape doctor meet his demise, Justin? Uh, there is a nearby pizza pan <laughs> with some beakers and shit on it. In space. In space. I feel like every sentence we say, we need to say in space. <laughs> the leprechaun uses his force powers in space to throw it at uh, Harold. And so it's creepy a pi- gay rape doctor in space. It's a it's a pie pan. So you think it would go like a frisbee? Mm-hmm. Well, it would do just like decapitate or get stuck in his head like yeah, a blade, like a frisbee. Mm-hmm. But instead, it is vertical and it is rotating like the <laughs> Earth, but straight up and down, flipping towards him, and it hits him with the flat side, 
and makes his like he looks like a like Mr. Moonface. I was gonna say Moonface. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the, imagine like an Acme Looney Tunes cartoon where mm-hmm. their face would get their face would get made into a circle. Did you just say they're fellatio? I said face. <laughs> Uh, that's exactly what happens. Like, how much time did someone take to sculpt that? Mm-hmm. Because you can see his eyes blinking and stuff. There's yeah. a person behind that. Yeah, that's um, that's that is all prosthetics that he's wearing. And I love like how much work went <laughs> into like deciding that. That wasn't like a uh, a joke that we're making as we're just ratatating back and forth. There yeah. was effort that went <laughs> that went into doing that, mm-hmm. and I love that. That's the decision that they made. That that was a portion of their budget. <laughs> It was. Yes, exactly. They had to determine we are not going to have medium and mild salsa for the craft table. (laughs) We are just going to have medium so that we can do the special effect of of the moon man face by the pizza face. And that's why no named actors were in there. Yeah, it's true. They skipped. They skipped on uh, having somebody that could deliver lines, but they got that. They got that line. Yep. Um. We get a scene where one of the characters is burned with acid. Uh-huh. Okay. So the leprechaun, I believe it's the leprechaun, ends up taking, he just picks up a random beaker mm-hmm. that ends up being filled with acid and dumping on someone. Basically, yeah. And then- With an, his force powers from across the room. Another t- another person on the ship is like, grab that beaker full of water and dump it on them to rinse it off. Grab that beaker- Full of a clear liquid that could be anything, including more acid. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it could have how been a they, bigger beacon of acid. How did they know whether it was water? It didn't. It wasn't labeled it water. It shouldn't be water. It should be something basic. Water is neutral. <laughs> it should have been something basic to neutralize the acid. <laughs> they just said, grab that thing of water. And I would be like, I, if it was me, I would be like, keep that. That might be water. Water might feel good, but I don't know that you don't have more acid. It's uh, Russ's thing of water right there. <laughs> I am a fan of things of water. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, mitten hand, th- the leprechaun takes a blunder and puts scorpion and a tarantula. We should we should mention that the princess is also uh, like regeneration, self-replicating thing. She grew a hand back. Mm-hmm. So he's going to use her DNA to grow himself back. Okay. So he, the leprechaun meets up with Mittenhand, who is a cyborg, and takes a tarantula and a scorpion and mixes it with DNA, which Mm -hmm. is just green Gatorade. It was blue, but yeah. Okay. My apologies. Sorry, everybody. It was more like blue gogurt. It had had a viscosity to it. Uh, so they mix that in a blender and inject it into his neck. And by inject it into his neck, I mean obviously standing two feet behind his neck and pretending to put it in. Mm-hmm. And Mitten Hand actually says the lines, I'm no longer Mitten Hand, I am now Mitten Spider. Mm-hmm. And turns into a giant half, I'm going to say half, but then I was going to say three things. Half spider, <laughs> half cyborg, half scorpion. Man, bear, pig. Half man, half bear, half pig. <laughs> and and then Mitten Spider starts on his rampage. And like Miguel Nunez ends up in a web just hanging for like the last third of the movie. Because he has to, uh, the ship got set to auto-destruct. So he has to 
be the one to turn that off. Uh, so now you have the leprechaun running through. You have a princess who wants the leprechaun to win the battle because she wants to marry him. You have a half metal plated head lieutenant of the army who is now cross-dressing. He's a sergeant of the Marines, which isn't actually a rank in the Marines. Uh, And he's now cross-dressing. an army rank. Why is he cross-dressing? The leprechaun made him. Before this, my last note, you skipped my last note, which is their their way of escaping uh, was the leprechaun makes C4 and dynamite appear all over the Sarge. Mm-hmm. And so they threaten to blow him up so that the other people won't shoot him, even though if they shoot him, nothing happens. He just reforms. Uh, <laughs> and then, so, the princess apparently has magic titties because she just is like takes her bra off and then the the two other men and the woman are all just like entranced. So I thought she was just like, I'm going to take my bra off and say something important because it's a horror movie and we have to have tits. But then the way they looked, looked like it was actually entrancing them. So I was like, okay, she's a magic thing. She has magic titties. Whatever. But then they leave and <laughs> they weren't entranced. They were just dumb, entranced by tits that weren't actually magical but apparently on her home planet, when a princess shows you her tits, it means that you're gonna you're about to die. Yeah, so I the note that I made was shows her tits or I wrote boobs. Shows her boobs to damn them. Like it's basically like, Look, you're seeing my boobs, that means you're done for. You're on my shit list because you see my boobs. I just I just wrote magic titties. <laughs> <laughs> and I smiled as I wrote magic titties. Um so the leprechaun ends up being forced outside and he explodes and floats After for being forced giant float. Yes. He did turn giant. So Which is like, the only reason I thought you were bringing up the shrink ray. No, it's to talk about the climax. I didn't look forward that much, but I was so, like, yeah. why is he describing this thing that has nothing to do with the plot? Except yeah. for this tiny thing at the end. Yeah. So, Oh, he's obviously going to talk about the tiny thing. At obviously. The end. Obviously. So Leprechaun ends up growing huge, which is hilarious because Leprechaun is small. Warwick Davis is a little person. So now he's giant. I didn't talk about how the oranges go into play in Silent Night, Deadly Night 3. Give it to me. So the cop and him are talking and uh, he said, well, do you have any clue of which way they would have went? She said, we're going, he said that she said we're going up for the weekend to our grandma's. And he's like, where is that? And he's like said something about Pyru, which is a town, I'm assuming. So then the cop should, could have said, called for directions to Pyru. But instead, he goes, that could be north, that could be west. Is there anything else you have? And he says, she said she grew a lot of oranges. So then the cop gets on the phone and is like, I need the names of all the, the orange growers. Look for one named Anderson doesn't mention the town that he said that she was in anyway that's how oranges fit into that story in space in space 
Leprechaun ends up outside, explodes into the worst CGI I think I might have ever seen. Yeah. What am I missing on Leprechaun 4? I think we've said too much. (laughs) There were no oranges. There weren't oranges. Uh, Okay, let me see. Things that were uh, the same in both movies. A main character had something fucked up with their head. Uh, the term two peas in a pod is mentioned in both movies. <laughs> I'm impressed. That's all I got. <laughs> Those are the two things I can think of off the top of my head. No, this was me recre- trying to recreate uh, Josh's for episode, our one year anniversary mm-hmm. combination for you because you were so excited. So Was it Silent uh, Night, Deadly Night 3? Was that it what was Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 oh, okay. when we did it for Josh, but yeah. uh, <clears throat> it was the closest I could come up with to recreate it for you since uh, birthday surprise. Oh, You're thanks. welcome. Yep. Plus, um, it was, you know, a little. What is this? Are we in February yet? Maybe. <laughs> January, February. This is what, 57? What's, what's the diff? Yeah. Remember when you said you don't know how podcast people don't know what episode they're in? I remember that vividly. And then I was like, <laughs> episode six. I was like, where are we at? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Silent Day of the Other Night 3 or Leprechaun 4, Justin? Oh. That is actually a tough one because I like oranges. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to have to say Leprechaun 4. And I feel like I want to watch more Leprechaun movies, even though that was boring as shit. I feel like there might be more gold somewhere. It has Ooh, to be. Ooh, gold. Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't mm-hmm. trying to do that. I but. saw what you were doing there. Mm. Uh, I agree. Leprechaun 4, by no means, is Jack Frost, because Jack Frost is your zero for a film. Um, I was literally thinking about Jack Frost a lot of time I was watching these. Well, like, isn't it? Why couldn't these fucking be Jack? Like, why couldn't you give me more Jack Frost? Why has Michael Cooley not directed a Leprechaun movie? He should be the one to direct. He should know. direct every fucking trauma movie. <laughs> sure. Everyone. Okay. Um, is he a trauma guy? Or are you just no, he's right not. Like, no, he's not. But I feel like okay. that's what trauma tries to do is, is be Jack Frost. Um, yeah, it, it does have its moments, but I feel like you needed to get somebody that that tried a little harder and put a little bit more into it to uh, be doing that. Because Warwick Davis is doing fucking everything he can. You can't ask Warwick Davis to do anything else. No, he he is one hundred percent the star of this film. He deserves the the first line. Like, I I realize here's exactly what I want in a Leprechaun movie. I want it to be all Warwick Davis and then maybe Jennifer Aniston's tits. That's it. That's I all think, I need. I, I'm not even joking that I feel like Warwick Davis could ad lib for an hour and a half and it would be better yeah. than what we got here. Just give him like six costume changes and he'll just let him riff. I think we're Warwick Davis fans. That's kind of what it boils yeah. down to. Good. I'm definitely a Warwick Davis fan. I agree. I grew up on Willow, even though to this day I can't remember what it is, but I remember as a kid watching that all the time and loving it. I just remember something about Warwick Davis and a horse. That's really all I remember about that movie. Okay. Um, Next week? Next week. Next week. All right. So next week, I already gave you a little sneak preview, right? Not really. You said something to do with Battleship. I did. Uh, First film. watching Battleship? No. First film next week. 
What? Why are you giggling? Oh, from the writer-director of Bone Tomahawk. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, I didn't think that this would be the podcast where we would watch a Vince Vaughn film. I did not either. It's crazy, right? Vince Vaughn and Brawl in Cell Block 99. Uh, the, the front is just it's a mugshot. You know, they have the wall with every two inches and everything. Uh, but the dude is facing the wrong way and ha- is bald and has a bunch of scuff marks and a barbed wire wrapped cross tattooed on the back of his head. So, for the director, writer director Bone Tomahawk, I this is this going to be like a really good like prison freaking movie? Because that would be awesome. Okay, so I usually don't get to play this game. I've not seen this movie. Oh wow! Okay. Um, but we both fucking love Bone Tomahawk, right? Yeah, and this one of the best movies we've ever watched on this podcast, legitimately. Um, so no matter what this guy does, I wanted I want to do it, and I want to do it with you. Oh, so I want to do it with two. I don't. You. I don't know. I know. I'm get all right. So I don't think this is what I'm just telling you everything I know. Everybody is like, "Holy shit!" I didn't know Vince Vaughn could do this. Awesome. Holy shit, this is fucking brutal. Yeah. I that's literally all I know. Okay. I don't know so I feel like this is Bone Tomahawk in a prison. <laughs> like, if it's like Bone Tomahawk brutal, okay, I can handle that. Yes. If it's like American History X brutal, that's I, I'm gonna be honest, some I some of that know. stuff is kinda cringy. So that being said, how in the world do I pair this up with a movie if I haven't seen it? That's true. So We're gonna watch Swingers. So- <laughs> I love Swingers. Swingers is arguably my favorite movie ever. Like, I know. Uh, have we talked about Swingers? You've made me watch Swingers a lot. I love Swingers so much. I'm not. It's a good movie. I enjoy it. One of the peripheral things like I want to do at some point, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know this, so and he listens, but I'm going to tell him, I want Ben and I to do a commentary for Swingers because Swingers at points got us through high school and college being yeah. like, adolescent and 20 something year old heartbroken and lovesick teens and and 20 year olds that's fucking the movie this that that i got feel like that movie it. is very seminal to your life it no it is uh, like it's i think i don't know if i can ever think of another movie that i've watched finished and at the time that i watched it was a vhs so i rewound and watched again i don't think i've ever had that hmm. other than swingers nice um i once watched jury duty 10 times in seven days but it was over the summer and all my neighbors were on vacation. I like Polly Shore. Like, I don't know if that's cool to say. But I do like Polly Shore. Remember Polly Shore is dead? Yeah. Remember when we wrote that movie in our head? Yeah. That's way better. And then we made it disappointed for ourselves. I don't, yeah. I think I like Polly Shore too. Yeah. I like Polly Shore for sure. Yeah. Um, so, what I did in my head was I was like, all right, so Vince Vaughn is in a prison. He's wearing an orange jumpsuit. We're going to watch Brawl in Cell Block 99 with. No more Mr. Nice Guy from the director of Nightmare on Elm Street and The Serpent and the Rainbow? What? Uh, Wes Craven's Shocker. Oh, is that is that Bull from Night Court? No. Aw. It looks it's like Ma- Bull from It's Night Mitch Pelegi from X-Files. It's Skinner from oh. X-Files. It's Skinner from X-Files. Oh, yeah, that is Skinner from X-Files. Uh, it is Skinner from X-Files being uh, electrocuted in the chair in the beginning. Shocker. Why it's called the Shocker. 
Or what are what are we gonna see in in Shocker, Justin? Uh, let's see. On the back, he is somehow electrocuting someone else from the electric chair. Uh, somebody is somebody has gotten that looks like a window, but it's broken weird. Anyway, someone has gone through a door and is pulling someone through it. And then there's like a weird ocean and a ghost lady. So I have no fucking idea other than <laughs> I, here. Okay. I'm going to write this movie right now. Uh, serial killer. Mm-hmm. Real bad guy. Okay. And totally unremorseful. What's his name? Uh, his name is Earl. Okay. Something badass like yeah. manly. Earl. Not like Earl fuck, Musket. Not like fucking Horace. Horace is Horace is cool. What about but that's Hor- more a motorcycle gang. Okay. And I'm picturing like backwoods, trailer park, pickup truck, okay. old beat up pickup truck. Okay, so Earl. But like uh psychopath, fucking so backwoods so serial killer. Serial killer hero name. Like you fucking created Freddy Krueger. You're not naming your next guy that you're expecting to be the icon, like Horace Pinker, right? That's not his name, is what you're saying. Sure. <laughs> so Earl, not Horace Earl Pinker, Musket, not Horace Pinker, Earl Musket, oh, who was who was dragged out of his trailer, <laughs> yes, uh, in cuffs, spitting on and and laughing at the cops for arresting him. Mm-hmm. Totally unremorseful in the courtroom, boasting about the children that he killed. Right, Tur- turns to the victims' families and gives the cut your neck with the thumb symbol mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. laughs uh-huh. goes to the chair and then the chair gives him like freak powers mm-hmm. as lightning lightning strikes the prison at midnight mm-hmm. when they pull the the thing and it gives him electricity powers and also makes him super strong and he's kind of we don't we don't talk about it, but he's kind of a zombie. He's kind of undead. Okay. We we hint at it a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're setting that up more for the sequel. Okay. Uh, but he's a little bit undead. Does that sequel come? Because Earl must definitely. Get. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, Shocker is going to be a franchise. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So uh, he has he has electrical powers and he's super strong, and he just he just wants to fucking kill. Uh, everybody that was involved in putting him away, the detective, uh, the judge, all the way down to the the beat so cops goes, that dragged him out of that trailer. He goes maniac cop on him. He goes maniac cop, but also, uh, he it's it's a journey through, and we sprinkle in a lot of uh innocence in there because who doesn't love innocent people being killed? Mm-hmm. Uh, they just got in his way. They're wrong place, wrong time, man. Wrong that's place, why, wrong time. That's why personally. I only ever kill children. Right. You know, because it's easier. And then if if they escape, then, you know, what? who the fucking going to tell? No one believes kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, he kills some innocent people along the way just for fun. But really, he's going after that judge. He works his way up from the beat cops, finds the detective, tracks down the detective, takes him out. And then the judge tries to hole up in this mansion. And so this is really the climax of the film and uh, he's in this mansion and he's stalking him through the mansion, uh, but he uses his electrical powers to start fucking with everything in the mansion, right? 
and he's hired bodyguards and all this and they just start showing up dead he doesn't know what's going on he's spooked and then at the end like he gets that big kill he kills the judge but then oh uh cliffhanger is that more like the police show up uh and they've got their own superman type guy we haven't we don't know what would be good against uh electrical powers yet we're thinking like earth you know something that's not really like a guy that was buried alive maybe yeah oh that is good that's mm-hmm. good yeah we're, can we we're gonna use that we're, we're gonna use, write that down do it write that down we're gonna <laughs> use that that's good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so what do you think i think that what you just gave me was everything that i want every episode <laughs> For every one of them. Well, don't expect it. (laughs) It's just like that cover and that title gives you gives you some motivation. huh? Yeah. Good. Uh, Which one are you going to like better, Justin? I'm going to from the from the director of Bone Tomahawk or or Shocker. Okay, let's but let's say Wes Craven did do Last House on the Left, which enjoyed is a harsh term but i think that that was one of the also another really good movie that we've watched respected respected yes and i respected it Mm -hmm. i respected how it made me feel and how it made me cringe Mm -hmm. uh and then freddy krueger obviously classic nightmare Mm -hmm. on elm street Mm -hmm. series uh of which we've only watched the first one from his line yes directorial line uh but even so (laughs) i think i'm gonna like uh whatever fight on cell block 99 or whatever it was called i don't think there's been a film that i've been more excited to watch because i've not seen it mm-hmm. but i love bone tomahawk so fucking much and that was the first movie that guy made yeah what the hell else is he capable of man i'm so excited to watch brawl is this like his only his second film second film and those so, are the only two he has so that's far? it so you're about to you you're gonna be experiencing his entire filmography so his entire oeuvre yes justin what else you got for us I'd buy that for a dollar.